0: Hey everyone and welcome to the Uncorked Corner podcast where we cover the full spread of food and beverage industry topics. My name is Bianca, PR and marketing professional by day and food and wine connoisseur by night.
1: And my name is Nick, an accountant with a passion for barbecue, beer, and whiskey. Today we welcome Jim Dens. Jim is co-founder and head brewer at Island Dog Brewing in South Portland, Maine.
0: In today's episode, Jim walks us through the origins of Island Dog and his background in home brewing. We also discussed what goes into the making of various styles of beers and how ingredient selection can affect their flavor profile.
1: Bear with us as you will hear some audio differences due to technical difficulties from recording this in the recent storms. Our conversation with Jim makes this episode well worth the listen. On that note, let's get into the podcast.
0: Welcome to the podcast. Let's start by having you introduce yourself and tell us a bit more about your professional background.
2: Well, I'm I'm Jim Duns. I'm one of the owners and head brewer of Island Dog Brewing. Uh, My background in brewing is I was a home brewer. I started home brewing in 1991 and uh, my wife actually talked me into opening the brewery. I didn't have any professional brewing experience before I opened the brewery, just a home brewer. All right. So, uh,
1: we love Island Dog. I'm wearing my Island Dog hat now, rocking it. I definitely been down there and tried a lot of the beers. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the story behind Island Dog and how you and Tim actually got together, started the company, a bit about the name?
2: Sure. Uh, my wife and I started planning and talking about open a brewery back in 2015. Uh, I had met Tim a couple of years before that. He was also a home brewer and, uh, we just had a lot of uh, things that we liked and uh, similar interests. Uh, once we, my wife and I really started looking into opening brewery and getting going, I realized I can't do everything myself. Spoke to Tim, and he was interested. Tim's background is in marketing, and he also worked in a number of restaurants and bars. So the two of us complement each other well.
1: Nice. Now, being in Maine, cool. <laughs> Maine, I'm local. I'm always down there. Uh, With the tap room, I've been down there. It's an awesome place. Right now, what can people expect to go down there and find? I know I saw you had some outdoor dining and uh, drinking last time I was around.
2: Yeah, our outdoor space is open. Uh, Unfortunately, we can't have anything inside a tap room. And we are dog friendly, so people are welcome to bring the dog down to the patio. Uh, We are doing all, all our beers on draft, we're doing flights. And we started canning everything Almost everything earlier this year, which turned out to work in our favor uh, when the shutdown came, because we were able to keep selling beer. Unfortunately, we can't have any of our games and you know uh, stuff out, but still sit outside. Luckily, we have some good summer weather and and drink a nice beer.
1: Yeah, it's been hot up. We'll have to get my dog down there soon.
0: Yeah, it's right near you, Nick. So that's a perfect fit. Um, You have a whole bunch of beers. I know you've had about 35, it looks like, on your website since opening. What do you have right now for the beer selection, and do you have anything coming up next?
2: Um, Yeah, so we have a whole bunch. All our summer beers are on. Uh, I like fruit beers. So we have a blueberry, a strawberry cream ale, our, let's see, the pineapple saison, and we have a, a goza that we made with cranberry. We also have a blueberry sour we just put on this weekend and a pineapple habanero we put on this weekend. And I'm drinking okay. now is our Kolsch, which is our Custertown Kolsch, which we made last year for the first time. It's one of my favorites. And we just had that come out in cans and on tap. I, I just really like it.
1: I got here too. I actually got a couple open. I have that in the clear-cut IPA open. Uh, one thing we didn't get to is uh, the history behind the Island Dog name. How'd you land on that?
2: So when we were coming up with uh, the idea of opening a brewery, we needed a name. We had a whole list. I think we start with about 50 different options and slowly whittled them down. A lot of them were funny, but they probably wouldn't be funny three or four or five years after you open. A lot of them were close to breweries that already existed. And one of the important things, I have an IT background, is I wanted to make sure I could have a website with the brewery name and not have to do, you know, some initials or numbers to make that work. Um, Island, uh, The name Island Dog comes from the fact that my wife Jody is from Mount Desert Island. Uh, she's from Southwest Harbor and we have two rescue dogs. One's from Puerto Rico and the other one's from Costa Rica. So I don't know exactly know who thought of it. We kind of put that together and that's how we came up with the name. Uh, for our logo, we worked with a friend of Jody's, a uh, college friend who's a graphic designer I thought it was going to take us a couple of days or a week to come up to logo about three months of back and forth wow. before we had what we liked. Yeah,
1: it's an awesome logo though. I love the hat. You got with the gray and green. So definitely, definitely a, good a good one. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Everything <laughs> in business is always harder and takes longer than you think.
1: Yep. And uh, what kind of dogs are the rescue dogs do you have?
2: Uh, they're both just, they're mutts. Uh, yep. The one from Puerto Rico, his name is Mateo. He's about 60 pounds. He's black Probably a lab pit bull mix, maybe. It's hard to tell. And the little one, Felix, he's black as well. He's about 24 pounds. Costa Rica, we're not really sure what he is. They almost look like a smaller version of each other, but they're not related at all.
1: Yeah, I got a, we adopted a rescue dog when we moved up here to Maine in October. He came from Georgia, actually. We got him an ARLGP here in Westbrook. Uh, and he is a pit bull mix with chihuahua. So he's like a mini pit bull almost. It's funny. Good mix.
0: You also have your, uh, your, your dog. That's the, is he a mascot? Is that what that is? Your, um, Porter the Island dog?
2: Yes, we have a uh, Porter as our mascot, uh, that comes out cool. sometimes. It's, it's, he's a little hot in summer, but, uh, he does come <laughs> out for events. And which one of you? Up. of Oh, uh, Tim is way too big to fit in the mascot <laughs> costume. Tim's like, I don't know, you met Tim, he's like Mm -hmm. 6'5", he he will not fit. So would you usually me. (laughs) The one thing I I forgot to mention is, uh, I mentioned all the fruit beers, we do have IPAs, and you have the clear-cut, we also have a new version of our New England IPA, the Foggy Beach, which people really like, Uh, so.
0: And... On all of your cans, they're really very creative and I have a creative background working in marketing and design. I love all of your cans and how colorful they are and vibrant. Who is kind of behind the designs on those and do you still incorporate, you know, the background with with the dogs and everything into the styles that you're putting out?
2: Yeah, so we actually went through several iterations. Our original can artwork was done by Heidi Geis. She did the 48 Beer Project. Uh, She she traveled from Maine around the country and did beer labels in every state. Uh, She's kind of retired from commercial uh, work now. And we actually met a new uh, graphic artist uh, from Maine. Her name is Bethany. She actually approached us um, and said she was interested in doing it. And she's the one that has done the Foggy Beach and the St. Hubbins labels. And then we have another, uh, Mike, a graphic designer, who's a long-time customer. And at one point, we were talking about redoing, redoing some labels, see, so I can help you with that. So he started doing templates, and now he's also doing some full label design. He did the Captain Tucker Strawberry label and our Angry Nun, Rye IPA, which will be out in about a month.
1: That sounds cool. Can you tell us a bit about that?
2: So I I, I wanted to do uh, uh, an IPA is was a little bit different, and I had a customer who kept asking the, me to make a Rye IPA. Uh, since we're small, and I can do little batches on the fly, I tried one for uh, it was early winter, came out like in February, and people really liked it. Um, yeah, so I uh, we had a customer who requested uh, rye IPA. He really he likes the flavor of rye. I did a little investigating, came up with a recipe, and it's a like a and light IPA with the rye. The rye gives a little bit of a spice. And then we used a bunch of different uh hops and it came out really good and i'm really looking forward to making it again nice i'm and, a big and, and, oh i'm sorry going i'm a big rye whiskey fan so uh that should be
1: a definitely a good one to try do you want to take us a little bit through the brewing process
2: of your beers uh sure so uh, we have a five barrel system we get about 150 gallons of beer out of a batch a uh, typical brew day for me is about six hours if I do a single batch, and about 10 hours if I do two batches. Uh, currently, we have four five barrel fermenters and three 10 barrels. So I brew twice the, barrel, the uh, 10 barrel fermenters. Uh, we take the grains and they go, they go through a mill, so it crushes the grains up. From there, they go into the mash tun. In the mash tun is where we add the warm water, the enzymes that actually occur in the grains, Uh, help convert the starches in the grain to sugar, and that's what the yeast needs to uh, make the alcohol. Mm -hmm. That process is 60 to 60 minutes to 120 minutes, depending on the kind of beer we make. Usually the higher the alcohol, the longer the mash takes. Uh, From there, we move it into the kettle, where we boil it for an hour. Uh, The boiling process kills any wild yeast or bacteria and helps break out all the proteins, which makes beer hazy. So when you do a New England IPA, you don't want that to happen. Okay. Uh, when, when that's done, we then move the beer through our heat exchanger, which cools it down from 212 to about 100, to about 75 degrees, and we move it to one of the fermenters.
0: And how are you sourcing the ingredients that you're using, obviously, in all, in all the beers, but also in the process itself? Where are you sourcing most of your ingredients from?
2: So we use a mix. We use some uh, grains from local... Uh, malt house, either Blue Ox or the main malt house. We also get some main grains that are processed through one of the bigger companies. Uh, our, our fruit that we use in the beer, we use a fruit puree, and our blueberry wheat, we use uh, its main local wild blueberries that we use in that one. Uh, hops is a mix. Uh, we use as much local hops as we can get. Uh, recently, the local hops have been really popular and they sell out pretty quickly, which, which is really good, and more, more people are planting more hops every year. Uh, but there's several different farms, Alna, the Hop Yard, and a couple of small ones where we get local hops.
1: So that's something that I've been curious about. I haven't gotten to do a ton of research on, but I know a lot of breweries I'm seeing doing sort of single hop varieties and things. Uh, how do how the different varieties of hops affect the beer?
2: I'm sorry, you broke up. I couldn't hear you.
1: Oh, sorry. Uh, basically, what I was asking is I've seen a lot of breweries that have been using one hop varieties and really starting to label you know, what hops they're putting in their beers and what mixes of them. Uh, How does the different hop varieties, is it sort of like our wine grapes and how do those affect the taste of the beers?
2: So there is a a lot of hops on the market now. I remember when I started home brewing back in early nineties, you could get about six different varieties of hop. Uh, I think the last time I looked at one of the hops was there were over a hundred. The grow hops in the U S Australia, Europe, South Africa, New Zealand, all our areas where they grow hops. There's quite a bit of difference in the flavors. Uh, the two big groups of hops are the piney hops, which you see in a lot of West Coast IPAs and they more have a, a piney flavor, versus citrusy hops you see in the East Coast, like a or mosaic. Uh, the German noble hops in English are a little more on the piney side. And that has a lot, uh, the poppy pick has a lot to do with the flavor of the beer. We do do a single hop beer it's our silver hound, which we used fresh hops from the hop yard. Uh, we get actually the hops right off the vine. Uh, they're not dried, they're not pelletized. They smell really pungent, they smell really good. We'll put them in the boil and we make a batch. We didn't do it last year, we did it two years before. We'll be doing it this September. I'm really looking forward, that beer comes out really nice. Has a real fresh lemony uh, taste to it from, this, from the local hops that we use. We use a uh, uh, what do we use? Sterling, the local Sterling Ops.
1: Sounds delicious. Definitely gonna have to give that one a try when you guys have it out. Um, when it comes to ingredient selection and in different varieties of beer, like an IPA versus the Kolsch or versus a sour, how do you choose what
2: you're putting in them to make a different style? Um, the styles come down to different uh, grains. So the different kinds of malt, uh, pale malt is the base malt for all beers. It makes a really light color beer. It's not very malty. Then uh, there's different the longer they leave it in the kiln the darker it gets the more caramelized sugars and the different flavors i really like there's a local vienna that they make at um blue ox malt house it just has a lot of biscuity flavors it's really has a lot of good flavors to it uh it's really good especially in brown ales Uh, lighter beers typically you don't use it you don't want the malty taste to it or you don't want dark color and the longer it's roasted the darker something like a chocolate it'll actually if you if you chew on it, it actually tastes a little bit like a roasted espresso bean, and you get chocolate and coffee flavors from the grain. So depending on, if I wanted to make a brown ale, we'd use more darker grains, and I use more of a traditional hop, usually from like England or Germany. Whereas making a New England IPA, we use mostly pale, keep it very light, and you use the new world, like the citra or a mosaic hop, to give it that really uh, citrusy, Uh, flavor that people like
1: and you said you tend to lean more towards the fruity sort of citrusy beers. so do you tend to lean
2: towards more of those eastern hops when you're brewing your different beers um i vary a lot it depends like i said uh, we we have a lager coming out that i just brewed and that one's very traditional with german hops Uh, i wanted that to be a very uh european lager flavor so using the proper yeast and the hops really makes the different beers taste different. One of the things that I do a little bit different is I like, I use lots of different yeast. Uh, I think in, so far this use, I've used 12 different varieties of yeast, which really help make the different beers taste like different instead of all kind of tasting the same. A lot of times, like when I was home brewing, you just use one or two yeasts, but you don't really get the variety.
0: Yeah, and we have a variety of beers here that you guys sent over um well then Nick picked up and we'd love to kind of walk through those beers that you sent and kind of hear a bit more about each one so nick do you want to start us off
1: yes yeah, so when i was in there one of the ones that you seem really excited about was the uh the new kaiser town that we were talking about earlier so you want to start by walking us through this one here
2: i have it i'm sipping on it right now yeah, that's what i'm drinking as well so a Kolsch is a german style beer from uh, cologne area germany I get yeast that was sourced from there originally. So it has a very authentic taste. It's a lighter beer. Uh, It's a good summer, a good summer ale. Kolsch is almost like a blend between a lager and an ale. I use a German hop called Relax that actually has a little bit of a black tea flavor, which I think gives a little more uh, flavor to the beer. But it's very light and other than that, pretty traditional Kolsch. And the name comes from the air, I grew up originally in Buffalo and it's a neighbor I grew up in Buffalo, it's called Town.
1: Oh, nice. And uh, so next we'll go into uh, the IPA you sent over here, the Clear Cut. Let's take us
2: through this IPA. So a Clear Cut, that was one of the beers bre- we brewed when we first opened. So that, uh, it was one of our first four. It's kind of our flagship beer, that and the blueberry. Uh, that is a, not quite a New England IPA, but more of an East Coast. It's lighter, it has citra and some other the citrusy hops but it's more of a moderately hopped beer. Um, it's not quite a hop bomb. Um, I, I like it. I think it's a good, refreshing, uh, middle-of-the-road kind of IPA. Yeah, I
1: definitely noticed that it's not too overly hoppy or bitter or anything. It's a nice, really easy drink and
2: IPA. And, and uh, the name from that and was a nickname name that we had for my father. Uh, refer, we refer to him as a clear cutter because he loved cutting down trees.
0: <laughs> oh, that's very neat. Do you have a lot of your beers that are tied to family and friends?
2: Um, yeah, we, it, coming up with names is a challenge. Uh, there's so many breweries, not just in Maine, but in the country that when we try to come up with a new beer name, you have to do a lot of searching to make sure either no one else has a name or it was used so much that no one can claim it as their own. And we do a, a little variety of both depending on what we need, but we try to come up with things that um, have some kind of family or friend meaning to us.
0: That's Awesome. Uh, One of the other beers that we have here is the St. Hubbins. Uh, So this is a sour ale, and I'm a big sour ale fan. I I think that's probably my favorite type of beer, just any sour. Can you tell us a bit more about that one?
2: Sure. So the St. Hubbins, uh, I like the Goza style. It's a style that five years ago was almost gone, I see a lot of the craft breweries make it. It's a German sour ale. It's a little more mild on a sour note, and it's brewed with salt. Because the water in that area was a little bit salty. So we use sea salt to add the salt flavor. Uh, the version we have now, we brewed with uh, cranberries. Uh, we've done different versions and we're going to do a blackberry one next. Uh, we use a special Goza yeast that I get to give it that sour taste. And again, it's, it's like a mild sour. And,
1: and the name. This- for-
2: Go on.
1: Uh, so with the making of the sour, do those ferment any longer or anything than a standard like an IPA or something
2: that's a bit more common? Some do. Uh, the goza, so sometimes with the sour, you'll, you'll ferment it out normally and then either add a souring yeast later or do a kettle sour. Uh, with the goza, that yeast uh, ferments out in about two weeks, so it's pretty standard we don't have to do a secondary fermentation with that one.
0: And one of the beers that I know is one of Nick's favorites that he has brought around here and gifted to us a bunch of times is the beer called Blue. It uh, being one of his favorites with the blueberry, can you tell us just a bit more about that one? And uh, we're all big fans over here.
2: Yeah, so when I was home brewing, I made a blueberry beer. Uh, it was and This is a similar recipe, so it was a blueberry wheat I made with frozen local blueberries. Uh, at the time when I was homebrewing, I was putting nine pounds of blueberries for five gallons of beer. Uh, commercially, you, you can't do that. Uh, but we found uh, if we use blueberry puree, we can get the flavor and the color and you, you don't quite use use need quite use much uh, So we found we got some local wild main blueberries. Uh, they're pureed for us. We get them in uh, 42 pound containers and typically we use two for a 140 gallon batch of beer. So that way that's where you get the color and that nice blueberry flavor and smell. Uh, one of the, one of my favorite canning days is when we can the beer called blue because that blueberry smell, the whole brewery just smells like blueberries.
0: That sounds amazing.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: The Wheat ales are definitely my go-to for a while. Just a really, really easy drinking, always reliable wheat. So where can people find your beers in stores or is it, are you only selling them out of the tap room?
2: So, we sell all our available beers out of the taproom, but we are available in nine Hannafords now. So, uh, the two in South Portland, over by the Mall and then Knightville. And then we have the uh, Scarborough location, Riverside in Portland, Westbrook, Back Bay. And we just got into the Saco and... One in Gray Road, I think is Yarmouth, uh, Hannaford. We're supposed to be in the new market basket when it opens soon, which is really exciting. And then we have lots of little stores that we sell to. We have a distributor now. So a year ago, we distributed our own beer. So we always knew where every case of beer went. With the distributor, we don't find out till 30 days later um, where they sold the beer.
1: Do you have any plans to continue to expand that to maybe down to like Massachusetts or other border States
2: into new England? We have started talking about trying to find a distributor, uh, to do, to maybe get into Massachusetts, just cause there's so much population there. Uh, it's, it's tough. And, uh, we're all I When we started the brewery, one of the things I wanted to do because I didn't have a lot of brewing experience, I wanted to kind of grow slowly. So we started with our core beers and we slowly added new beers. I haven't done sours until this year. Uh, I want to do some barrel aging, but everything we do is a big learning process, and I you want to go slowly enough so you don't have a big mistake uh, that you regret later on. You're but doing I, a great job to get so Massachusetts. far. Oh, so thank you.
0: Yeah, we would love to have you here.
2: <laughs> the, the, the only thing the, I want, go on.
0: Oh, go ahead.
2: No, the no. thing I want I want to add is one of the reasons we I started the breweries because I I love beer, I love brewing, I love talking about beer. Uh, one of things Tim or I, one of us is almost always here. Lately, we've both been here all the time with the whole new being outside. Uh, and I just like to talk to people about beer. We have a homebrew club that meets here now once a month, and it's just fun talking with people about making beer. Oh, that's, that's great. It's, that's it's cool. amazing to have
0: a passion too for what you do, and I think it's so apparent when we you know talk to people, and and you definitely have that knowledge and expertise just by teaching yourself. And a lot of I think a lot of the time it's just very cool to learn from somebody who has been able to do that. So uh, where can our audience find you on online and on social media?
2: Uh, we have our Facebook page at Island Dog Brewing and our website is islanddogbrewing.com. Uh, we do have, we are doing, you can order online and it has all our hours and when we're open and our beers. we also get, you can have delivery through Carhop Uh carhop.com. Uh, we'll get home delivery of RV here awesome yeah so
1: we had a great time talking tonight sorry that we lost some connection there uh we'll get rid of some of that extra lag from there so it'll sound good in the podcast but other than that I think we had a great conversation with you and we really enjoyed having you on cheers
2: yeah thank you very much it was,
1: it was a lot of fun to be on
0: be sure to follow us on social at uncorked corner and on the blog at uncorkedcorner.com for a taste of more food and beverage content.
1: And if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave a comment, subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Thanks for listening.